Oh, hello. Welcome back, dreamers. It's the Dreamcast Years Game of the Year edition podcast featuring me, Steve. We're giving Andrew a bit of a break this time around, and I'm going to be your host. I hope that's okay. Um, It's been a little while since we've done this. It's been very busy here at DCY Towers. Andrew's been working hard getting book stuff done. You might have heard there is a book. And, you know, we've all just been surviving the apocalypse. Um... So, without further ado, let's introduce the usual stalwarts. We have Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How's that Kickstarter going? Pretty good. Just launched the Pledge Manager, so mm-hmm. uh, people can late pledge for the book if they still want to buy it. So, yay. Uh, go to dreamcastyears.co.uk, and there's a link at the top of the page. Fantastic. What does Pledge Manager mean? Because I know some people have been confused about this. Um, so pledge manager if you back to the kickstarter it means you can go in finalize your pledge so you can add things to it if you want but it also means you can pay for your um, shipping so we didn't include that in the Mm -hmm. kickstarter because it's something that is quite up in the air especially at the moment Mm. Uh, it's all sorted now though you can pay for it there and if you didn't back the kickstarter then it just means you can go in uh, and buy it straight away Um, shipping will be added straight away so yeah fantastic go do that go buy the book it's good mm. well the first one was good let's just see the second we, one will also be good it's <laughs> a difficult we second no book <laughs> uh, that voice that you heard there was of course the inimitable rich how's it going rich i don't even know what that means but i assume it's good it means nobody is capable of imitating you uh, that's just as well um <laughs> be, a very, be a very boring impression uh, i'm all right yeah i'm not too bad thanks um good. yeah have you have you played any more Seaman? Um, no, I haven't actually. I oh, haven't, okay. I haven't I dabbled. Keep, right, I, I keep, need to. I, I keep meaning to ask you because you know that was pretty fucked up. Your description of Seaman. <laughs> yeah, I did my best. Um, yeah, I really should do. Now we're under lockdown again. I should probably just spend lots of time with my uh, my fish friends. But given given the nature of that game, doesn't it mean that like that continues existing even when you don't play it? Right? Is he just mm-hmm. like yeah. doing st- like you don't know what's going on? You might go back yeah. and, like, he's dead. You'll come back and Leonard Nimoy will tell you everything that's happened since you last played. He'll awesome. tell you how many days it's been and what Seaman's been up to and what you should do next. And it's, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. All right. Great. Well, I, I, I want to introduce a, a Rich's Seaman Minute on this podcast just so we can keep <laughs> up to date on that. I don't know how we feel about that. I think that's a great idea. Um, okay, so we are here to discuss the games of the year for 2004. But first of all, let's talk about what happened last time. So last time, uh, obviously 2003, um, Rich pitched Jeff Def, Def Jam Vendetta, I pitched Manhunt, and Andrew pitched Silent Hill 3 and PNO 3. One of those is a good game. And the other one is so bad that it lost with 9% of the vote. <laughs> I just think it's it's uh, it's underappreciated and not many people have heard of it. That's why it lost. It, well, it's not a bad game. It's definitely not because it sucks. It's because people, it's underappreciated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, people don't know about it. That, that's what I'm sticking to, Steve. Okay, fair enough. Well, Silent Hill 3 did pretty good. That came in second with mm. 30% of the vote. It's a shame, really. PNO 3 was a bit of an anchor around your neck on that one. Through. You might say it was yeah. a poor choice. Def Jam Vendetta came third with 27% of the vote. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's a very well-regarded game, that, so that's not surprising. It is. Um, but in first, with 33% of the vote, was Manhunt, which was my pitch. And I'm pleased hey. with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a fairly, that's pretty good. Although, fairly notorious game. I think when people see that on a list, they're like, oh, yeah, and they want to pick that one, right? Which, mm. But True. also, also a great game. 
Okay, so that means that, Andrew, you lost, which means mm-hmm. that you have the forfeit this time, and we should probably just get on with it, really, shouldn't we? What are you going to pitch for us? Uh, so my pitch for Game of the Year 2004 is Burnout 3 Takedown. Hmm, a classic. Now, obviously, because you lost last time, there is a handicap. Uh, we've talked a lot about what we should do, and we've come to the conclusion that the best course of action is for Rich and I to do traffic noises while you're pitching. I'm sure that's going to be really awesome to listen to um, uh-huh. for our listeners. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get a timer ready. Okay. Do it. And then we'll get on with it. Um, one minute. Rich, are you ready to do car noises? Uh, I'm always ready to. Do, I'm always ready to do card noises. Absolutely, perfect. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like your main thing. Okay. I just wish I was home alone right now, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be awkward, but hey. All right, Andrew, you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. So, Burnout Three Takedown is the first mm. game that was published by EA by Criterion. The first oh, game oh, oh. published elsewhere. Um, what? And it, it built on Burnout Two by adding so much stuff. So, obviously, the first three introduced takedowns. It also introduced uh, aftertouch. It basically just made Burnout Two. Uh, it, it made it even better than it already was. It made it into this insane crazy, uh, racing. It was adversarial. It was it was just an angry game, but it was so much fun and uh one of probably ea's best published games uh and certainly one of criterion's best developed games uh, just an all-around amazing brum, brum, i'm a car I brum, brum, brum. so um and i think it's one of my favorite racing games of all time as well and uh, still love it to this day uh, you've got 10 seconds left. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And um, it's probably the best It's the best burnout game that has ever been made. And I really wish they'd go back to that formula because it's awesome. <laughs> Rich there at the end with the uh, with the F1 noise. Brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, you did that with one second left on the clock. Good job. I, I was kind of distracted by you and I, I wasn't sure when to listen out for you saying stop. <laughs> and I kept thinking that the traffic noises were you saying stop. <laughs> so I was like listening. I should have, um, instead of saying stop, I should have gone... That's true. Opportunity. You can just edit that around, right? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. So, okay. So, first of all, I apologise. That was the worst idea we've ever had. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I didn't enjoy that. (laughs) Um, Too much. Don't worry, we won't do that again. Rich, uh, Burnout Three Takedown. Not played it. First time I played Burnout was Paradise, which I love. So I can talk Uh about Paradise for a few minutes if you want. I forgot okay. that you weren't on the last episode, so we don't actually know what you played from all yeah. the games. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers, probably none of it. Um, <laughs> but yes, Paradise I mean, was I... my entry into the series, and okay. what I've played of that, fantastic. I know so... Burnout 3 and like the prior games had a bit more of a different approach to mm-hmm. Paradise, mm-hmm. with a bit more linear, I guess, like more track-based, yes, instead of being sure, open. Yes. So I a think lot of, people preferred that quite a bit. Yeah, think, a lot so. of a lot of burnout purists would would tell you that you played the worst one, um, mm, which isn't cool. true. But uh, uh, a lot of people don't like the direction it went in Paradise. So Burnout Three was Burnout Three the last one that was of that ilk because Paradise was the last game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. Burnout Three was then uh, it then came Revenge after that, which was on the Xbox. Oh, that's right. Of course. And then there was like Dominator or something on the PSP. So there were a couple of others in the same format, but Burnout Three was arguably the last mm-hmm. good one of of that format of Burnout. So I mean, what's Burnout good at? It's good at speed, looking really good, and slow motion crashes. And uh, Burnout Three Takedown did all of that brilliantly. Um, 
I have a little bit of trouble separating what was unique in Burnout 3 Takedown to all the rest of them, but what I do know is that the Takedown mechanic, which might have appeared in subsequent games, I don't know, but it was introduced in this one, which is where you mm-hmm. actively have to try and crash into other cars to make them fuck up and crash off the track. And it looked awesome. Cool. It looked super awesome because you would like sideswipe a car and if, if if that managed to run them off the road, like the time would pause and the camera would pull back down behind you on the track and show you this slow motion mangled twisted metal mess as it careened off the track with really detailed impact physics and modeling and yeah it was great it was really really fun and it was incredibly fast it was one of those games where you once you found your flow it was really satisfying because you could pull off some crazy shit where you're like i should have crashed by now but i haven't and it feels awesome yeah absolutely the uh, one thing to note since rich hasn't played it i may as well just throw this in there that this the the boost has always been important in burnout but this Mm. was the first game where you could just use it whenever you'd earned it so in previous oh, cool. games you had to build it up to the max and you could only use it when you'd oh that's right yeah your 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 nitrous whatever but you could just kind of use it whenever so you could give yourself a little boost here and there and it was just it made it into it, it's weird to say for a game like this but it was much more of a strategic mm-hmm, for uh, sure yeah. racer in in that regard which is really cool so I take it had all the same stuff in it like there was in um in paradise where you have all the different on on track like collectibles and like jumps you have so many you have to complete like in the game that you have to almost find them in the world or is it just nope no, it's just you a track, you so. select you select tracks from a menu and you go like it is mm-hmm. it is very uh linear compared to paradise it is uh, but then they they were they were well curated tracks i think and then you had the crash junctions as well which were separate and they were pretty awesome so well. i think for a lot of people that's what was mainly missing from paradise was the crash junctions because they just weren't in that yeah. game yeah yeah you could you could initiate crash mode right so you could you pressed a button and it would just initiate the mode and then you would just crash into something wherever you were but it was but in was, um so in 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 previous games uh it was a mode that you selected and it would have a sort of handcrafted junction it wasn't just dynamically out in the world they made a junction Mm -hmm. with traffic flowing in certain directions and obstacles in certain places and you just deliberately smashed the shit out of it and it was cool very cool that's where you had the power-ups and stuff right so that's the collectibles and things were in the crash junks and so you'd have to try and and because after touch was introduced oh yeah yeah try and after touch your way towards like i've got a medal or something you could collect a medal on the track Mm -hmm. or like a two times multiplier or something like that so you would you could you could influence it that was the that was the big strategic thing of that in crash junctions Um, was trying to after touch your way around the track i seem to remember there was a pickup where you could make the car explode again like if you touched it it just the car just exploded again Mm-hmm. And that power yeah. up was usually like nestled in the middle of a load of other cars, which was oh, so good. Super, it was so good. It was so, so good. good. It's yeah. uh, it's an incredible game. That one, in fact, which it's probably worth if you can going back and playing it, because then you can understand yeah. the differences between Paradise. Because Paradise is great, I love it, but it is very different mm. to the other yeah. burnouts. I think I'm not sure if you can get it for the Xbox, but I'm, I yeah. know for certain you can get Revenge, which is probably the closest you'll get. It's not as okay. good as 3, but it's it's probably the closest you'll get to that style of burnout game without like having to go out and buy a, a new console or something. So. It's weird they're not on... As far as I know, the other games aren't on um, EA Play. It's just paradise which is a bit annoying but oh yeah yeah mm. you can you can buy you can buy revenge from the xbox store and it's backwards compatible on the one so that's but, uh worthwhile doing especially if it's on a sale or something keep an eye yeah, out that's how it. cheap it is 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. good job, Andrew. That is your pitch done. And again, I apologise for the car noises. Uh, we're going to move on. I get to pitch twice this week because I won last time, which honestly, pitching is so stressful that like getting to pitch twice barely feels like a reward to me. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. hey, let's go. I, I suppose it gives me twice the chance of winning, I guess. No, but it also gives you twice the chance of losing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I lost last time and yeah. I pitched twice. So, That's... you know, there you go. Hmm. There are there are some holes in our format here, but let's move on. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch. Um, first off, I'm gonna pitch Hitman Contracts. Okay. For the personal computer, and nice. I'm gonna do that as soon as you have a timer ready. I have one ready and waiting for you here, Steve. Cool. So yeah, if you just let me know when to go, and I'll go. All right, Steve. Your time starts and now. Okay, so Hitman, prior to the newest Hitman games, which are fantastic, Hitman always had like a dark, moody atmosphere, and Hitman Contracts is the last one to really do that. Uh, it has a incredible soundtrack from Jesper Kidd, who I would love to come back for the new ones, um, and uh, it all takes place inside 47's memory while he, after having a gunshot wound, and he's trying to recover from it in a hotel room. So he's remembering past hits, and it's raining outside the hotel room, and it's raining in every memory that he has on the past hits, and Contracts just has a really dark, gritty, moody atmosphere that is just perfect for walking around as a hitman and coldly shooting people in the face for money. Um, It was a real refinement of Hitman 2, which was great, but had some sort of rough edges to it, and Hitman Contracts really smooths those off. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to go down into this dark, gritty, seemly horrible world and kill nasty people such as serial killers and people who exploit others for Time's money up. and oh. there you go mm. that was all right you did well was it yeah okay, very good, good. All right. yeah. considering i think that both myself and rich probably haven't played this game that's probably as much <sighs> as we're going to hear about hitman contracts oh. <laughs> <laughs> well thought through i'm guessing rich this is true you haven't played contracts right true and uh, i didn't know that's what the actual like premise of the game was it's kind of like a Tomb Raider Chronicles kind of thing is it where it's mm. just like recounting past exploits mm-hmm. yeah kind of sounds like is am I right in thinking Steve um so this is a they redo levels from previous yes. Hitman games yes right cool. there are new levels so, in there but they also revisit old old ones from Hitman 1 which was nice. which was a good game but also kind of a shit game so mm. they they brought those brilliant levels from a shit game into a good game which was a delight cool. i feel like I, I may have played this and you're going to tell me which hitman game this was now but it's um the, the level i'm thinking is in contracts is the one where you go into some kind of like meat factory that is in contracts party yes. yeah there's like a big party in there right so yeah. yeah i have played a little bit of it and that level is fantastic like mm. i think that's in fact that might be the only level i've played of it unless there's a hotel level in it there is uh, there is a hotel level in it, yes. Oh, that's I called more of this than I thought. That's called Tricks of the Trade, and that's one of the most well-regarded Hitman levels. Everyone wants that one to come back, including right. me. That would be cool. Yeah, but so I I have played some of it then. I just couldn't quite because for me it's weird. They all kind of merge together before the newest Hitmans mm-hmm. because I haven't played a huge amount of them. Um, like I've played a bit of Blood Money. I played Absolution from start to end because uh for me that was that was a good way to get into hitman i think because it's such a linear story and mm-hmm. it introduced me to a lot of stuff that then i could go on and take into the other games um but yeah i really enjoyed what i played with that it's the level design in that um meat factory level was pretty awesome and the amount of characters they had on screen was pretty yeah, yeah. cool for that for that time um and like the lighting that they had going because it was like a party so it was like mm-hmm. loads of flashing lights and 
it, it impressed me. I remember it impressing me quite a lot at the time. Um, but yeah, it was it was still like what you'd expect from a Hitman game, though, right? So you were like you were still taking people out, you're hiding their bodies, taking their their outfits to disguise yourself. So it's it's all the things you come to know from Hitman. It, yeah, it, it was much. just it was just done a little bit. It was more polished mm-hmm. and a bit uh, yeah a bit nicer to play. Uh, but yeah, so I have played it. I've, I'm thinking there that I hadn't played this game. I absolutely have, and I I did enjoy the two levels of it that I played. So awesome. I don't actually think I have played any Hitman games. Hitmen, Hitman games. Hitmen. Well, it's Hitman. a good chance to do so because uh, if anybody also listens to the cross players here, we do do a game club, and November's game is Hitman 2016. Cool. So, Rich, you should really get on that. Oh, <laughs> is, that, that. On, is that on Game Pass? Is it that one? It is not. It is um, not. But it's it's under twelve. It's I think it's eleven pounds oh, okay. from the game collection. Bargain for the definitive edition. Yeah, absolutely bargain. So definitely worthwhile. Newest newest okay. Hitman. Hit- Hitman 2016 and Hitman 2 are the best Hitman's ever been, mm-hmm. but I would really love a return to this kind of moody am- atmosphere. Uh, the humour of the new games is one of its strong- strongest points. Those games are hilarious, but I think they can pull it off. I think they can they can they can pull off the the grittiness along with the humour. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I, I, how? I, I'm sorry, I'm interested. I want to well, know how well, they're hilarious. There's, a, there's the suitcase, which was a bug, right? And then they they put it into the game as an actual weapon. That's one of the things so, that comes out to me. Yes, so I mean, that's sort of unintentionally hilarious. Although they put yeah. they 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 fixed that and then put that back in as like a special item. But it's a suitcase that you can throw at people and it moves really slowly, so it follows them around. If they run away from it, they're just being chased by a suitcase that's spinning through the air. But it's it's deliberately hilarious in a lot of ways as well because the dialogue is really well done and there's yeah. there's millions of lines of dialogue not literally obviously but like it it rarely feels like you hear the same thing twice and you have like a, a lock on mechanic where you throw stuff at people's heads to knock them out you can throw fire extinguishers buckets baseball bats brooms whatever and you always hit them in the head as long as you lock on. And before they get hit in the head, they they always have a line of dialogue like "Not the face, not the face," or "No, no, 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 no," <laughs> and it always gets cut off when the fire extinguisher goes bong on the head. And it's funny; it's okay. funny every time. It's funny every time. It's great. Uh, no, I'm I'm, look, I'm looking forward to getting back to that. I I think that perhaps Absolution ruined the dark moodiness. It might have done, them. yeah. Like it, it, it tried too hard, I think, and it went a little bit. I mean, I, I still enjoyed it immensely, but I think after that they were like, eh, let's, uh, let's go and do something mm-hmm. different. But I, uh, to be fair, there's the castle level. I think that's in two, and I felt that was quite dark and moody. In, in it, yeah, it yeah, actually, yes, that was no, that was a notable sort of return to form, kind of. Yeah. But that, that was two, right? That, that was, was more two. yes, that was in two, but that was more sort of lifestyles of the of the secretly rich than it was mm. gritty, dirty, gross. True. Yeah. It was still very, very good though. It was very good. Oh yeah. But we're kind of moving away from contracts there, I suppose. But um... uh, yeah, I guess so. Contracts also <laughs> a good game. Really hard to play now though. I, I would love to go back and play this one, but it's difficult to get a hold of. Um, because it didn't really they haven't I think it's to do with the soundtrack actually I think that might be the issue that's why they haven't been able to bring it to modern consoles because you can't get contracts as part of like the Hitman HD collection or whatever Mm. Uh, you just can't do it so the only way to play it really is on PC or go back to PS2 I think mm. was that so they did um, a, a Hitman HD trilogy on the 360 and the PS3 I'm pretty sure it's part of that I think it could it could which is then backwards compatible i think it's backwards compatible with the xbox 
one potentially um, but I do remember I do have it and I know it has blood money and I'm pretty sure it has two but I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm fairly confident it has contracts in it as well I see researcher Steve is going into I'm going to go find right out now. yeah uh, <laughs> hmm because if it does that's interesting although yeah I don't know what's in it what's in it yes it is you're right Hit, Hitman Contracts is in there Ooh. Yeah, but I, I'm uncertain whether it's backwards compatible with one or not. You'd have to check. Okay. But um, if it's not even, then you know it's still worthwhile. Maybe maybe picking up a, a cheap Xbox 360 or yeah, something maybe. Just to be able to yeah. play on. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's me. Um, shall we move on uh, to Rich, Ooh. which I'm Ooh. quite excited about? Uh, so last time, well, two episodes ago, right? You lost. Yes, I and did. Your forfeit. For, am I remembering this right? Was it two episodes that you lost? Your forfeit was that somebody else it had to pitch would. for you. I think it was one episode. I think yes. it was the last game of the year ep- yeah. episode you lost, yeah. and your forfeit was for this episode. Uh, but I, n- now I'm confused because Andrew, you've had a forfeit this episode. So we just basically, Rich didn't have a forfeit last uh-huh. time. We just let him pitch as normal, uh-huh. and then we said your forfeit will be in the next episode. That's right. So, yeah, so uh-huh. listeners are lucky. They've, they've got two forfeits. Two, two forfeits. This one is not annoying, though. This one should hopefully be <laughs> hilarious. Um, your forfeit yeah. was that you had to get somebody else to pitch for you. Um, yes. So presumably uh, you've gone away and found somebody to pitch for you, and you have that ready for us today. Yes, it was a, it was a very difficult decision. I had to spend a few days thinking who would be the best candidate mm-hmm, for this, mm-hmm. and I went with my, my dear mum. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Yes. <laughs> No, no, noted video gamer, your your mum, yeah. She loves them. Yeah, she loves them. Okay, yeah. so she had no issue with this. She was fine with doing this. Absolutely not. No, she knows more than me about okay. it. I think she's probably put put more hours into this game than I have. So, so, so what 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 game is it that your mum's going to pitch? She's going to pitch uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Perfect. That is the kind yeah. of game I can imagine mums the world over enjoying. So this should be good. Yeah, when they're not listening to Will Young albums, it's GTA. <laughs> you know, it's just all, all day long. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, without further, this is pre-recorded. Um, uh, her schedule is very busy. We couldn't get her on the live show, I'm afraid. But um, <laughs> so yeah, without further ado, let's hear let's hear from Rich's mum. So you've got a pitch to me, GTA San Andreas, in one minute, and your time starts now. San Andreas might still be the best GTA in the series. The map was far bigger and varied than what was in GTA 3 and Vice City. The storyline was very immersive and had lots of plot twists and humour, and the main character, CJ, felt more relatable compared to the other games. He could also go to the gym and get into shape, or he could eat lots of good food and get fat, which was funny, but it was harder to run from the police. CJ could also visit the tattoo parlour, go to the barbers for a haircut, and even change into new clothes. The game featured other firsts for Grand Theft Auto, including a jetpack, which could also finally swim, and even buy a house, which you could then explore. It had a very diverse soundtrack with music from Light of the Rage Against the Machine and Two Pats. <laughs> Mum, your time's up. <laughs> Was that The Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. Two, and two, and two, yeah. two Pack. <laughs> it's Rage Against the Machine and the Two Packs. Yeah, it's one, it's one, one band. Uh, you know. She was about to get onto hot coffee when the time was <laughs> Uh, good job, good job. <laughs> they run out for that. Uh, oh, that was that great. might be the best thing we've ever done. I don't know. 
Well, oh, good job, Rich's mum. That was an excellent yeah. pitch. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, mum. We, we should just get her to pitch for Rich every time. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, what, what can we say in addition to that? She she, she did an excellent job. But uh, let's talk she about really our experiences with GTA San Andreas. <laughs> <sighs> I've just got like the biggest grin on my face right now. That was uh, that. That's made my afternoon. Um, so I, I just love that she kind of was very much uh, sticking around the areas of uh, of how CJ looked and you know that, that kind of stuff. It's like oh, you can make him fat and you can get take him to a tattoo parlor. To be fair though, those are pretty they, cool. They were yes, they the were time. very cool. It's like, like killing a was... prostitute with a hammer though. But, I mean... <laughs> Why did she not mention that? <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, poor research on her part. <laughs> Oh, very, very poor research. Just, just to clarify, had she researched and then wrote this down herself? To, to yeah, I helped her a little bit, but then I kind of left her, and she just kind of made her own little cliff notes, and uh, away she went. Fantastic. So, yeah, not too shabby. I love it. That was great. So, okay, so yes, all of those things were very important additions to San Andreas. Uh, they toyed with customization in Vice City, but San Andreas is where they really went to town with it. CJ was your protagonist, but you could you could customize CJ to a massive degree, change clothes, tattoos, as Rich's mum has informed us already. Uh, get fat, which makes it harder to run away from the police. <laughs> 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 um, but it really felt like they wanted you to uh, fully inhabit a character and have like a different have 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 like a second life. And it was incredible. It was mind blowing at the time. Really, really good. I think looking back, it's kind of rudimentary. Um, but putting that in a GTA game was like a dream come true at the time. And it took place in a state, in an entire state as well, which was mm. yeah. also mind boggling. It wasn't one city, it was three cities, three cities in a town yeah. in a state, mm. which was crazy. That was crazy times. Um, like because yeah. you spend a lot of hours in Los Santos knowing like I've been here for ages and I still have a state and two other cities to go it was crazy it was mm. nuts yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you're you're right in the fact that I mean you know we've got the benefit of hindsight of course now and knowing what came after and you know GTA 4 kind of went back to being set in a city albeit a rather large city um, and then GTA 5 of course went back to the idea of being set in it's a state again, isn't it? Right. In, it, in, in it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Or like a county. I, yeah. A I think it's. Like I think it's a city and a county. Yeah. So it's. But that was huge. I mean, that was probably as big as, if not bigger than, the the, the kind of the world that San Andreas created mm-hmm. in terms of just size. Mm-hmm. It was. It was pretty huge. Um. But there was so. Much, <clears throat> excuse me. There was so much to do in GTA Five that it, it felt like, you know, it was size that was worthwhile. Whereas. The, 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 I, I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, I love. Uh, I love the GTA games. I think I said in the last episode that San Andreas perhaps wasn't my favorite because because of what they did. There wasn't that much to mm. do outside of the cities. It, it felt like it was just placed there because they could, um, not because it kind of was anything to do with the gameplay. Um, and I, I get it. You know, people wanting to push boundaries and stuff. I don't know. I, I just felt like it was being big for the sake yeah, of being big. There's kind of a, there's there's an argument for that. There's something that I really want a game to be able to rep, to replicate that I don't think any has, 
so far. But I really like the idea of very intimidatingly huge, open, empty spaces. Mm. But I don't know how you do that in a game without it being boring. But like, so yeah. I think that's what they were going for with San Andreas, but they weren't big enough that it felt like it was deliberate. But like, there was something cool about going on a road trip between cities, and there were missions where you had to like, you were running cocaine between cities, and you had yeah. to mm. get it into a car and drive on the highway, and it felt it felt cool. But it was like, if you got if your car got damaged in the middle of the wilderness, you were fucked, and you had to run for ages to find any way to get back. And there was there was very little to do. So you are right, you are right about that. But I kind of. I don't know how games would. Death Stranding came close, but I I don't know how games would rep would re- replicate that feeling of a big wide open space without descending into being boring empty nothingness. I mean, it depends on the on the game, right? I mean, like Death Stranding is an anomaly because the whole point of the game is that it is you trekking through the wilderness and making it a connected mm-hmm. place again. So that's almost the point of it. You've got things like the crew, the crew two, that take on the GTA, huge open mm. world thing, but as a racing game. So there's always going to be stuff yes. you to do there because you've got races to do in between the different places you can go. GTA, on the other hand, is is a story game. So unless mm. you have missions out there, they have to come up with different things for you to do. So whether it's perhaps them adding in things like races in the open spaces, which I think they then did in, in subsequent games anyway yeah. to make those spaces feel better. And I think, yeah, San Andreas, I mean, it's, it was of its time. It was still exploring what it meant to be a huge yes, world. Yeah. And therefore, I don't think, although I don't like it in that sense because it had nothing to do, you also can't criticise them, I don't think, because of that. Because it's, you know, they were still learning and th- those learnings went into yeah. GTA 4 and, and GTA 5. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've not played a huge amount of San Andreas because of that. I got turned off mm-hmm. of it a yeah. fair bit because of those issues. But you can, I can see what a huge game it was in terms of taking the franchise forward, but not just that, but taking open world forward as a, you know, into into even bigger mm. open worlds than they'd been before. I think so, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think what I liked about it versus even the likes of GTA Five was that the feeling of actual progression, like the actual characters, like you know, journey. Because I mean, the fact like the old GTAs, you'd start off with you know one portion of the map, and it would actually unlock as you went. And obviously, whereas GTA Five, you had the map open to you from the beginning, and you'd be mainly in the city, and you'd have like a brief stint in the countryside. It didn't give you a feeling of actual progression. Whereas, when you made it to the country and the countryside in San Andreas, you actually spent time there. You met new people, mm. and along the way, obviously, your your character went on the journey. I mean, you ended up with like a, a penthouse somewhere else, and you'd kind of left your old life behind. So your old house you had in like a bad neighborhood you actually yeah. had you saw where you progressed from that to where you were now and it was a lot more satisfying yeah and then and then uh, and then when you returned back to grove street it, it felt very mm. like you saw it in a different way than the beginning of the game because you yeah. recognized how run down and and shitty it yeah. is there for sure mm. um yeah I, when you first go to that small town as well you are exiled i think from los santos so you're kind of trapped in this yes. small town and that feels, and it feels very uh, like CJ doesn't fit in there at all, and it feels you feel very alienated, and there's, it's it feels really cool. It was really well, really well done, and there's that massive mountain in the background as well, which looked incredible at the time, as well. Hmm. I feel like I need to go back to this game. I, I, maybe I didn't give it a fair shake, but it's it, there's a lot to do. Like you say, you you spend 
hours and hours in the first city before you can get out and do anything else so it's it's a big time mm-hmm. sink in terms of yeah and and, and it's that the later game stuff that put me off as well i wasn't a huge fan of from what i heard because i didn't get that far but having to kind of run a gang and then take territories that's and right to go back and yeah defend them and that i mean i think some people loved that about it and for me that that sounded off-putting as hell um which is possibly why then i enjoyed future games because they ditched that mm-hmm. and it was more to do with the story and the character rather than kind of controlling a gang i can so, see that yeah, yeah they, they, there was a level of maintenance that was required whether you wanted to do it or not which which wasn't great the, the cocaine stuff as well uh, so this game also introduced days of the week as well monday through yeah. sunday and the cocaine thing carried on whether you wanted to do it or not it was like you would get a phone call on a wednesday and they'd say the cocaine's ready to go and it's like i don't want to drive between seas but you kind of have to to maintain it so there is, there's definitely some stuff like that that are definite drawbacks to this for sure mm. uh it also starts samuel l, ja- l jackson which is notable mm. and uh james woods which i loved at the time and now you know oops Arthur. oops <laughs> kind of a prick turns out um <laughs> I, I like did not remember James Woods was in this game. Yeah, well. he, yeah I can't. I think he's yeah. a C, he, he's he's a CIA guy, if I remember rightly. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that's San Andreas. Uh, good pitch, Rich's mum. Well done. Yeah. Um, Very good. Round of applause. I yeah. think we should give her a round of applause. Fantastic. Um, right. Moving on. It's just me left now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm going to do Half Life Two for the personal computer. Ooh. I have done no prep. Let's do this. All right. Are, are you, well, I was going to say, are you ready? You've just said you've done no prep. So not <laughs> no, ready. I am um, not ready. <laughs> well, you're going to have to do it anyway. Um, get ready. Your time starts. Okay, so Half-Life 2 is responsible for physics-based puzzle games. If you are playing a game and there's a physics puzzle in there somewhere, moving boxes, putting weights on stuff, that is because of Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 uh, basically introduced the concept of having physics-based gameplay, um, as well as being a fantastic sequel to the original Half-Life in every way. Really awesome gunplay, um, incredible environments, really nice aesthetic. It's basically like an Eastern Bloc Orwellian uh, kind of sci-fi story where aliens have subjugated the humans by uh, employing humans to be like their foot soldiers and they're like a fascist organization and you go through this um, sort of Eastern European town fighting them and then eventually you're fighting big aliens. It has the gravity gun in there. Who doesn't love that? Where you can fire toilets at people and kill them with toilets, which is the best. You can also fire razor blades. It has Ravenholm. If you know what Ravenholm is, you know how amazing that Thanks is. Up. Okay. I really, I really, I really should have prepped. I think that was fine. <laughs> I think you covered all the major all right. points, to be fair. It's pretty good. Um, Rich, have you played Half-Life 2? I have. Ooh. Yeah, not a lot, but I have. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I played it in my friend's house when it originally came out on the PC. Um, mm-hmm. What I remember most, like what Steve says, I remember the gravity gun very well, but that was kind of mind-blowing at the time. And I remember the game being a bit more set PC compared to the first one, whereas the first one was a more more standard, you know, shoot enemies, progress. This one felt like a lot more varied like yeah, you, know, you had the you had the uh, dystopian city, and then it was like there's one you're, one bit on like an airboat, I think. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. it's kind of another 
Well, no, better where you play like catch with like a robot dog or something as well, which is a bit weird. That's episode one, so that's the. Ah, that's yeah, one of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, not a lot. But I do remember it being quite different to the first game, which I did play properly. Um, but yeah, I haven't got much more to say about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I've I've played a fair bit of it. And it is a fantastic, I mean, just the opening of the game alone is enough to make it, like, one of the best games ever. I mean, what, is it City 19? City 17. City 17, there we go. It was one of the teams. Um, City 17 is a, a phenomenal. Um, it, it's a phenomenal city. It's a phenomenal piece of game design. It's a phenomenal way to start the game because it automatically brings you into, as you said, Steve, like this, I can't pronounce this word, fascistic um regime that it's kind of happened since the end of the end of the first game and it, it really sets up the whole game so well and not only that but the city itself is it, it's kind of iconic as is raven home later of course but that is an iconic thing you go through and see people being um abused and um you know uh, or downtrodden and uh, you're just getting a proper uh, vibe for the, for the game as a whole like like you said steve the, the gunplay is fantastic the gravity gun was brilliant for me though half-life 2 and we we mentioned this again in in the episode and the main episode was it's the source engine and it's what they were able to do and obviously that's why they could do these amazing physics puzzles and physics elements the games is the the source engine and that and therefore half-life 2 is almost like the center of this amazing um catalog of games Mm -hmm. that um valve created around that time that they've never they've never really well, they've never bettered, and uh, it's almost like they're so of their time as well. So you've got Half-Life 2, you've got the episodes that came later, Portal, Left 4 Dead, Team Fortress, all these games that kind of surround Half-Life um, that came about because of the Source Engine, which obviously in turn came about because they were developing Half-Life 2. So it is responsible, Half-Life 2, for all these other amazing games um, in in some way. Um so not only is it a great game in its own right, but it's also responsible for um, for that, and also the fact that the games like Portal are within the Half Life mm-hmm. universe as well. I don't know; they're not all in the Half Life universe, right? So Team Fortress I don't think Two so, isn't. No. Um, Left 4 Dead isn't in the same universe, but um, Portal is is basically Left 4 Dead. I'm not sure there might be there might be something in there somewhere that 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 you know hints to a link, but but I don't Maybe. know. I mean, Portal was absolutely clear about it, especially Portal Yes, 2, yeah. Uh, more so, but it was very clear that that was a Half-Life universe-based game. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it's a great game. I mean, it's it's probably up there as one of the best first-person shooters of mm-hmm. all time, right? I mean, it may, if not the best first-person shooter, I don't know if it's been... I would, or not, I but... would uh, if, if Half-Life 2 came out, on other platforms i would love to play through it again like it's, I, i'm kind of mm. it's another game that i'm kind of frustrated at its lack of availability i mean i've I, my pc is crap uh, so i just use this for skyping and this stuff so i can't play it anymore <laughs> i would love that like if it came out on switch or on ps4 or whatever i would buy it full price and i would play through it again because i absolutely adore it yeah I'm pretty sure you can play it. Uh, so if you were to get the orange box for the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. I believe that's backwards compatible. Yeah, I hear the 360 version of Half-Life 2 isn't fantastic, though. Well, I mean, I've, I've not I played be wrong. much of it yet, but I mean, I yeah, I mean, it's probably fine. I think they've done some upgrades to it as well, but I yeah, I would look into mm-hmm. that. I might, I might be completely wrong, but I definitely know the Portal games are on backwards okay. compatible. So, so I think that Half-Life... If, just picking up on something that you said, which I think is really important, the true of both the original Half-Life and Half-Life 2, you're right, it is the games themselves, but also 
what happened around those games that are really important mm. because Half-Life 1 was Mod City uh, you could there were so many mods for that game and I played so many of them and I was obsessed with mods for that game and that game mm-hmm. and to a lesser degree Half-Life 2 but it was still there it still it still had that feeling where you played a game on the source engine and it felt like you were playing a flavor of game that you could only get from Valve and from the Source Engine. And I don't think I have ever since had an affinity for game engines, as weird as that sounds, in the same way that I had for both Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. It's very true. Yeah, that's very true. And it's uh, and we've said this multiple times whenever we talk about Valve, we're like, oh, it's a shame mm-hmm. they don't really develop games anymore. And the only example recently is um, Half-Life Alex um it is yeah you're right i mean and it's it was a very particular period of time and i think it kind of it ended pretty much when portal 2 came out that was almost the Mm. last big uh, source engine game um which was a phenomenal game but yeah it's everything that was around it and then you i mean like you said to a lesser extent source had um people make mods for it um there was gary's mod oh yeah source mod i believe which became huge but it felt like the first game they realized people were going crazy for the mods and they kind of built the source engine around that. But not only did they do that, but they, they made it as like, hey, if other people can make more games out of this engine, why don't we why don't we just make more yeah. games out yeah. of our engine? Um, but they did that by, if I'm thinking, I mean, I know we're going off the topic of Half-Life 2 here, but I believe they bought studios in to do that. Yeah. Because like Portal was not originally a, That's a correct. being developed by uh, uh, Valve, Left Left so. Dead also, surprisingly, yeah. <clears throat> not originally a Valve studio. Yeah, and not on the source engine no, either of them. I don't no. think they, they can port mm-hmm. them over to it, but by doing so, made them into the games they are yeah. pretty much. You know, the the va- taking Valve taking these studios under their wing, created these masterpieces, um, and that is thanks in no small part to the the source engine and therefore Half Life Two. Yeah. yeah, that orange box man, what a what a mm. what a deal! Like that was incredible. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Very much so. All right, that's Half Life Two, and I think. That's the episode. Unless there's anything I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, I guess we just uh, we'll put the uh, we'll put the mm-hmm. votes up on Twitter uh, once this goes live, and you'll have seven days to vote for your choice. There okay, so that is at Dreamcast Years on Twitter. Look for that soon. Please go vote for Half Life Two. Actually, no. Do you know what? Vote for San Andreas because that was such su- such a good pitch. It deserves <laughs> it deserves to win. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it for us for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Andrew, when can we expect to be back? What's 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 coming next for DCY Podcast? Well, we, we've not talked about another deep dive, but I'm sure we yeah. could get one going. Um, we usually do one between the game of the year and the regular mm-hmm. episode, so we should probably think of that. But the regular episode will be coming back for 2005. Uh, we just need to sort out with the guest when they can do it, and uh, we'll record that as soon as possible, Lovely. I think. As, as soon as and we can. You know, and you know who that guest is? Uh, so long as they're available, <laughs> yes. If they're not, then I'll have to figure out somebody else. <laughs> Exciting. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, it was really nice to see you both. This is fun. Easy. And uh, nice. tell us where we can find you, Andrew, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at oddmint84 um, on Twitter. Lovely. And Rich? You can find me at DreamcastBubba. And you can find me at Steve Jack. That's it for now. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.